hi and welcome to Speaking About Speaking. I was actually talking to myself there for a few seconds, so apologies for that. Um, welcome to Speaking About Speaking with me, just Jackie. Uh, no guest today, you've just got me, so hopefully that's okay with you. If there's anybody out there listening, please let me know that you're there. I'd love to have your comments and questions or whatever it is you want to ask me. Please feel free to get involved. Uh, it seems strange not talking to the screen and looking at another guest here. So I will concentrate on looking at the camera. Um, well, today I thought what I'd talk about is the fact that for the first time since lockdown, I was asked to do a talk to a live, live in-person audience uh, in October. And I have to admit, it was really quite scary. Not to be asked, I was very honored to be asked and I looked really, really look forward to doing it. But actually, I've never really had to put together a talk for a live audience before. Before lockdown, I was teaching and obviously I was standing in front of classes full of people and, and workshops and, and talking to people quite naturally off the cuff talking about what I do and, and what I was trying to teach them. But this was the first time outside of a Zoom room that I'd had to put together a talk. So where did I start? That's what I'm going to talk to you about today because what I decided that I would do was go through the process in exactly the same way that I take my clients through the process of, of creating a talk. So where do you start? Well, it's always, always, always a good idea and best policy to start with the brief. What have you been asked to do? What has the organizer of the event asked you to produce? Uh, in my case, I was asked to, uh, here we go, this, is, this was uh, the email I got and was sent over to me, so I highlighted some of the stuff that they, they wanted me to do and I made some notes on that. But basically what they were looking for was a speaker to give an inspiring 20-minute talk uh, and it was meant to be on resilience, finding the joy within and owning your story. Now the reason I'd been asked to give that talk was because the organizer had actually seen me give a similar talk before on a, in, in a Zoom room. So she knew my story, she knew what in that talk, in that presentation would resonate with the audience that she was putting this event on for, which in this case was a charity. Um, and they were, they were kind of team building days, there were three separate days, 60, uh, members of the audience each time, staff members of the charity. And at this particular point in their team building journey, they were looking at themselves, the individuals, looking at how they could become resilient and find their own joy, own their story and actually be confident and comfortable with themselves. So <laughs> no pressure to be asked to be inspiring, um, but I was confident that the organiser knew me and knew what I was capable of. So I started with the brief. I knew, I knew I had 20 minutes. I knew that the audience were, I knew how many people there would be in the audience. So there was going to be 60 people. And these uh, would range from everyone from catering staff to retail staff, all the way through to the CEO. 
So there was quite a range, quite a diverse range of different jobs and different requirements in the room. But all of them were in need of this talk around resilience and, and finding joy. So that's where I started. I started with the, with the organizers brief and I asked them who the audience were and what, what was it that they wanted the audience to take away. And so once I'd done that uh, and I'd had a conversation with them, I wrote down all of the words that I would be, uh, that I would be looking to use, all of the words that, that she used when I spoke to a member of the, well, in fact, it was the HR lady, I think, from, from the charity, I spoke to her. And I, I noted down all of the words that she used when she was talking about the staff and what they were looking for. And then I did some research. And this is what I would say is the best next best thing to do, is to do your research. So for me, I knew that the talk needed to be around joy and around resilience. And so I Googled joy. Uh, I took the uh, dictionary definition of what was joy, what was resilience. I knew a lot of what I would be talking about would be around confidence. So I looked into confidence, what was its definition? Uh, I had some fabulous quotes that I wanted to use. So I Googled, you know, I went on a, a deep dive into what was joy. I looked at some TED Talks, found one in particular around joy and resilience that was really, really useful. So as I was watching and as I was doing my research, again, I made notes. So I wrote down the words that resonated with me, the words that lit, that, that, that lit me up, that really excited me about the subject that I was gonna be talking about. Because you have to remember that when you step on stage in front of an audience, the audience will mirror how you're feeling. So what you're talking about needs to be something that if you want your audience to be excited and engaged, you have to find the words and the content that is going to excite and engage you. So that's what I did. I wrote down all of those words. I did lots and lots of research. I looked at the words that stood out for me and, uh, and I highlighted them. So this, is, this was my notes. So I highlighted the words that really uh, made sense to me. Uh, so hopeful, feeling, humanity, uh, what is joy, the intense moment of po positive emotion. Uh, rather than chasing happiness, we should embrace joy. And self-care was another word that came up, storytelling, um, and the insight and wisdom that comes from owning your story and looking at the painful parts of your story. So that's, that's kind of where I started. I did my research and I looked at the words. Um, as I was looking at the words, I was beginning to get an idea of what the content was going to be, what that flow was, go was going to be. And I, I knew that uh, in order to talk about joy and resilience from a, a knowledgeable point of view, I had to use my own story. So I looked at the stories that were in the, from my own life, from my own experiences that I knew would resonate with that audience, that I knew would illustrate the points that I was trying to make. So I, I looked at my stories, but you don't have to use your stories. If that's not relevant for you or for your audience, then during your research, find those stories, have a look at what, what, what um, stories you can use. And I know people sort of bang on about storytelling and how important it is. 
but it is important. It's important to, to use storytelling to really engage your audience because if you're, if you're just delivering dry data that, or points that you want to get across, but you're not illustrating them with stories, then, then, then uh, you don't leave your audience with an emotion or a feeling. And like Maya Angelou says, said back in the day, the audience won't remember what you said or what you did, but they will remember how you made them feel. And we have been using stories to, to teach and to, to illustrate our points since time began. You know, people sat around the fire telling stories. It's the way we taught our children. It's the way uh, people began to learn to, to use tools and cook. And, you know, everything came from being told orally how to do that and storytelling is a fabulous way of passing on knowledge so make sure you do find stories because they can excite they can engage they can inspire and they are impactful because what happens is you leave your audience feeling something so find their stories if they're not yours go and find other people's and then as you're looking at your content have a think about where you want that that content to start what's your what's your your entrance you know what's your impactful entrance when you walk onto that stage or in front of that audience and, and I'm you know this this could be an audience of one you want to make an impression what's that initial story going to be how are you going to create that impression and then what's the end goal for you what's the outcome the takeaway that you want to leave the audience with so have a look at the the impactful entrance and then again have a look at that really inspiring ending then you kind of started to to give your talk a shape and this this is where you move on to this fabulous flowchart that i've got here uh, which I will show you in a second. But I just want to say that if you're watching the replay and you have any questions, do please feel free to leave a question or get in contact with me if there's anything in this replay that you're watching that you don't understand or you'd like to know more about. Uh, and if you are out there listening live, please let me know you're here. It would be lovely to know that there are people out there watching. Please do ask any questions. Uh, so this is a, a flowchart. This is just one I put together that I stole, I think, from uh, Eric Edmides, who's a fantastic speaker. Um, and he uses this flowchart, and it's just, a, it's kind of what I was doing naturally, but he's kind of put it into a, 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 a cohesive shape. So here in the middle, you've got this big circle. So this is where you put your subject, your topic in here. And for me, it was the joy within and resilience. That's what our, my talk was going to be. At. So that's the center. And then here on this side, we're going to go clockwise. So this is the walk on. This is this is where you walk on. And then you've got these four other circles. Now, these are the points that you want to make. So for me, circle one was my story. This was where I was going to walk on and start with my story. Who am I and why am I able to, uh, to speak with credibility and relatability to this audience? So I started here with my story. And then I moved on to my first, uh, my first circle, which was the circle of trust. 
So I was going to talk about trust. I was going to talk about trust as a confidence within. So I, I looked around all the stories that I could hang on that word, either from my own story or from other people's. And then the fourth uh, circle here was was resilience. Actually, it did change slightly from what I've got written here. I moved on to resilience. That was my next big point. So I went from trust to resilience. Again, found some stories that related to resilience from my own story, and then move and uh, moved on to play and how play uh, is important for our well-being and for our re resilience and kind of tied up everything that I've been talking about. So that was that was my content. I left them with a question. That was because that's what was asked of me was to leave them with a question. So I worked out what that would be. And that was the slide that I left them with. Actually, no, I'm, I'm lying. Actually, the slide I left them with was one that said happiness is a choice and I can prove it. And at that point, I got the audience on their feet and did a, a, an interactive um, exercise with them that I hoped would leave them feeling happy. And apparently it did. So that, that was the flow to my, my talk. And then down this side, I have I made a note of the points that I wanted to hit and then the visuals, just a note of the visuals. So once you've sort of added to your flow chart and you've sort of got an idea of the points you need to hit, the points you want to make and how it's going to sit and flow uh, from one story to the next, then have a think about the visuals. How does how does it you know, what, what visuals could you use? What do you want to use? What is going to benefit your audience? And then you can relate your words to a story, relate your story to a visual. So the visuals should be about the audience, not about you. Remember that your visuals are not for you to write out your talk on. <laughs> There's nothing worse than an audience that have to, to sit and read and be distracted or have their their attention split between do they look at you or do they look at and read the slides don't don't make your audience have to choose make sure that your talk is coming from you and the slides that are there are really just to underline and uh, illustrate a point that you want to make they are a fabulous way of, of adding humour and, and really underlining the point. I mean, they're called visuals for a reason. So use visuals, not words, if you can possibly help it. In my talk, I did uh, a couple, on a couple of the slides, I would just have a quote that I wanted them to remember or a definition that I thought was relevant to the talk. So just remember that that's what your visuals are for. And this will really, they'll, they'll fall into place once you have got the content of the talk, kind of the shape of the talk um, ready. So once you've got your flow chart and you know where you want to go and you've an idea of the stories that you're going to be used, what I like to do now is to sit down and write. So I open up my notebook and, and I write. And I write and I write and I write and I do this long-handed. Now, you know, this in longhand, that's how it works for me because somehow there's a connection between my brain and the pen. And as I'm writing, it's coming out freely in the way that I talk, the language that I use. 
it's not formalized. Whereas if I sit down at a laptop and start tapping out the words, it, there's a bit more of a formal connection and I find myself going back and correcting. Whereas this way, longhand for me, means that I can really dig deep into the stories because they're coming out of my head and I can, I can relate them as I'm writing to the audience that I'm speaking to. Finding those details that are really relevant to this audience, the audience that I will be speaking to on that particular day. And I write and write and write until I think I've got it all out. It's all there. The shape is there. It's not my finished talk by any means, but it's, it, is, uh, it is the start of that talk. What I do then is I read it out loud. And I read it out loud and I actually record it then onto a Word document. So as I'm reading it out loud, it's being, it's being written out. And as I hear it and read it back, I can see how the shape is working. And then I can rework it a little bit if I need to. But then once I'm happy with how that sounds, how uh, that I've got all the content there, I'm hitting the relevant points, there's a, a great impactful uh, starting point, there's a fabulous landing at the end where you're sort of, you know, bringing people in uh, to the end of your talk and leaving them inspired, then I record it. So I speak into a recorder just on my voice memo uh, and so that I have it all recorded. And then I listen back. And this is where you can really hear whether there are any gaps, whether it makes sense to you, whether you've, you've uh, achieved what you want to with the words that you're using. And also, this is where you'll find naturally that your visuals will sit in within the talk. So as you're listening back, you can kind of go, right, okay, actually, it, you know, if you imagine yourself with a clicker, then as you're listening back to it, when was the when is the moment that you feel like you would naturally click onto a slide that would that would illustrate the point that you are making? That that's that's just a really, really useful way of thinking where your slides go, uh, are going to sit. So you've got it recorded. And then the next part. Now, this is the bit that you may not <laughs> be very happy with, but it's got to be done. You need to speak it out loud to another human being. Yeah, it's quite a vulnerable process. But it, at this point, it doesn't matter if you read it, if whatever you've got written down, whatever you're happy with, but you just need for another human being to hear it out loud, with the visuals too, if possible. Now, make sure you choose a friend, a family member, somebody that loves you, but somebody that's going to be happy to give you some really constructive feedback. Read it out loud to them and then take on board what it is that they're saying, because they will be able to hear whether, uh, and, and tell you whether there's anything in there that jars for them, whether there's anything in there that, whether it's data, whether it's a story that they just don't understand or it doesn't make sense. And um, I did this with, and my friend came down to say, and I said, right, I'm gonna do this for you. Um, and she gave me some fabulous feedback that I that things that I hadn't even thought of. Uh, I, I managed to, I had to change something around. So, so to her, 
there was a part of my talk that she thought would be better in a different place so that it would flow better. Um, and I implemented all of her feedback and it made it so much better. So do that and don't be frightened of doing that. And in fact, you need to because you don't want the first time that your talk will be heard it, to be in front of that audience that you're trying to entertain, impress, whatever it is that you're, you're hoping to achieve. So make sure that you speak it out loud. The other good thing about, uh, and crucial thing about doing that is the timing. Because there's nothing worse if you've been given 20 minutes to uh, turn up with a 15 minutes talk because then the organizers have to fill five minutes and you can guarantee if you think, oh, okay, I'll give it five minutes for question and answer, there won't be any questions. Um, or what's even worse is if you go over time. So if you are over by five minutes, then it means if you're on, if you're on a schedule with several other speakers, then it just puts everybody else out. And it's just, it's just a little bit rude, you know, a bit disrespectful to be taking up other people's time. So if you've been given a time, stick to it. It's really important. It's very professional. And actually, if you do that and you can get all of your points in, it's better to have less in your talk than too much. If you are running over, don't be afraid to take stuff out. You re remember that if you're giving a 20 minute talk, then actually that's not enough time to put 30 years worth of experience into that 20 minutes. Make sure that you put the, the nuggets of what it is that you're trying to say, those fantastic takeaways for the audience, and but leave them wanting more. It's just a way of you starting a conversation. So make sure that in your talk, obviously, you need to hit some points. You need to make sure that people are taking away from your talk what it is that you uh, that they need to. But also leave yourself somewhere else to go so that you finish on time so that actually after you've come off stage or you've, you've left the room or whatever, people are asking you questions. They'll come up to you afterwards. <clears throat> they'll, they'll email you afterwards and ask those questions. So don't be afraid to give less rather than too much. And then once you've, once you've done that, once you've honed your talk, that's the, that's, the that's the time then that you really are going to practice, practice and practice again. Um, and there's, there's nothing, nothing more important than practice. All of the things that people out there that, that know me, uh, this is the time then when you uh, practice with your breathing exercises, make sure that you are fully aware of how to breathe correctly using your diaphragm, because you can guarantee that when you get in a space and you're slightly nervous, you'll be breathing very shallowly uh, and all your breath will be coming up here and you'll be gobsmacked that you won't even be able to get through a sentence. So take deep breaths and start using and working your breathing muscles. So just make sure you do that. And if you need to know more about that thing, ask me afterwards and I, I'll send you a, a video or I'll, I'll talk you through what those exercises could and should be. Uh, think about your body language. Uh, if you are confident enough in what it is that you are saying 
and you are feeling comfortable with your content, if you really believe what it is that you're saying and what you're saying is absolutely resonating with you, then obviously that will then resonate with the audience. But you'll find that if you have that confidence, yes, you're gonna be nervous when you step up there. I was, uh, I was, I was, my mouth began, uh, got dry so you know make sure you've got water there with you make sure that you do have uh, some way of of checking yourself obviously your slides will take you through your talk hopefully your visuals will guide you what I found was a, a good way of doing it because people often ask do you need to uh, memorize a script and I would generally say no Please don't memorize a script because you can guarantee that all you'll see as you are speaking the words is the, the pages and the words running through your head. And you don't want that. You want the stories. You want the visuals to be a guide. You, you need um, to work from story to story to story. So what, what I found useful was to write out, and we used to do this in theatre, it was called uh, the, the topping and tailing. So from story to story, I would just write down the last line of, uh, of the, the previous story and the first line of the next so that I knew exactly what the, the bullet points were. So that, the, so that I didn't miss any stories because obviously when you are nervous, when you're out there uh, speaking to an audience, you will feel those nerves and your mind will go blank. So make sure that you do have something on, on hand if you haven't got... Um, enough slides to take you through it make sure that you've got bullet points that you can refer to mine were on on the side over by where my water was so that if I did at any point think oh my goodness I don't know, know what's coming next I had them there I'd walk over pick up my water and just look down and because I'd sort of written it out quite in large font and highlighted the words it was easy enough to pick up where I needed to go next but it was a brand new talk for me, so I hadn't done the talk before, um, and it and it was quite nerve wracking, and I was quite surprised. I'm so used to uh, doing these presentations and talks in a Zoom room now that uh, it's easy enough to have your notes plastered all over your laptop and stuck all over the walls so that you can have a look at them as you're as you're going through. But the joy of of putting together a talk that people came up afterwards when you when you have been asked to do a 20 minute talk that's going to inspire the audience it's a, it's a tall order but how fantastic was it that as soon as i finished people will come up and saying that was inspiring and for me that was like boom drop the mic i had achieved my you know my brief so i was very very happy with that and i really thank uh the event organizer for trusting in me and giving me that that opportunity to do that for for those lovely lovely people so that was how i took my talk from from nothing from the brief to uh, 20 minutes of inspiration um if you have any questions if there's anybody out there that would like to stick a question in we've got a couple of minutes if not I will leave you here and hopefully, you know, if you're watching this on the replay or you're catching up with this later, it will go out on audio as well. 
then please get in touch. You can find me at Power to Speak. Where's my own here? Look, Power to Speak. .co.uk. I am very happy to answer any questions uh, about speaking and about how you put a talk together, how you build your confidence around at, uh, speaking to an audience, how you get excited. You know, all of uh, everything that I do comes from my acting background. And what I learned as an actor, I know is so beneficial to anybody and everybody, especially people running a, a business that really need to be forefront of their business um, so please do come and come and find me uh, i'd be happy to talk and uh, oh thank you amanda amanda says this is awesome oh that's brilliant amanda thank you so much for that that's really really helpful to know that people are out there listening so thank you for that um, and i will be here next week with the fabulous fabulous jules white how amazing to have jules with me uh, uh, author of uh, live it love it sell it yes i hope that's right uh, she has been on a tedx stage herself and i think at that point she only had a week's notice so it would be fabulous to talk to jules about that experience and and how how she managed to come up with a 20-minute talk for the TEDx stage. So I look forward to seeing you then. And uh, yeah, get in touch if you need me or would like to ask any questions. Bye.